0: Well, I want to talk to you about something that affects every person in this room, and that's called discipleship. Over the years, I have not said too much about the word discipleship. We just went ahead and tried to get people to serve the Lord, because discipleship is teaching people how to serve the Lord. And it is the will of God that all of God's children serve Him. Some do and some don't, but I do believe that we need to make it very plain. The discipleship, or true discipleship, leads to biblical ministry. If you're really a good disciple of Jesus Christ, it should lead into a biblical ministry. A way of serving the Lord. Because God wants every one of us as His children to serve Him. So, if you have trusted Christ as your Savior, what is your service? What are you doing for Him? Now remember, when we talk about Salvation and various things. We want to keep these things as clear as we possibly can. When it comes to salvation, salvation is made clear. It's made very plain. It's grace without works, very clear. Grace plus works is unclear and it's false. It's muddy. It's no good. It's simple. You don't add any works to the plan of salvation. And the Bible talks about lest your minds be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. It's so simple to understand salvation if you just let it say what it does. By grace are you saved through faith, not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So, works have nothing to do with getting a man to heaven. All we do is accept the free gift that he offers to us. A lost man may be a disciple of Christ. That's very simple. Just understand these three little simple things that I've here. A lost man can learn to be a follower, a learner of the teachings of Christ. Churches are full of them. But that doesn't mean that they're saved. The lost man can learn Christian principles and live by them. A saved man may be a disciple of Christ. So a person who trusts Christ can also be a learner or follower of Jesus Christ. But a saved man might not be a disciple of Christ, but he's still saved. He can be saved and not serve. And you can be saved and serve. And you can be lost and try to serve, trusting that that's going to get you to heaven and it will not work. So always keep salvation service separate discipleship has to do with being a learner, a follower of Christ. So once you and I have trusted Christ as our Savior, it is the will of God that we learn to serve Him. Now, true discipleship leads to biblical ministry. That means that simply, if you are a disciple of Christ and you're learning and you're following, you have to get involved in a particular ministry. You have to have a ministry. How are you ministering? Because ministry is service. What are you doing for the Lord? So you need to understand this simple little thing. Ministry and service has to do with two main things that will last forever. We know that the Word of God lasts forever. And we know that the child who trusts Christ as Savior is born into God's family and he lasts forever. So the child of God who lives forever is living in a world that will not last forever forever. But we have with us the word of God that will last forever. And you and I are supposed to do things for the Lord that will last forever. Isn't that clear? You understand what I'm saying? This means yes. This means no. So in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22 and chapter 2 and verse 2 is what I'm referring to. Therefore he says, let the child of God desire the sincere milk of the word that he may grow thereby. Discipleship. Well, this is found in Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. First of all, when he says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and then teaching them all things that I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. So God has told us what he wants us to do evangelism is the gospel that produces the child of God. Because if there's no gospel, there is no children of God. There cannot be a child of God born into God's family without the gospel. Therefore, he says, go and all the and preach the gospel so they can be children of God. Then we take the children of God and we teach them what the word of God says. So God has given to us the only book that we need to get the job done. And therefore, to disciple people, they have to learn what the Word of God is about. What does He want us to do? So discipleship is designed to bring the child to spiritual adulthood so they can handle spiritual responsibilities. So that is the will of God for His children. So we have to have a vision. In Proverbs 29:18, it talks about where there is no vision, the people perish. We've got to have a vision. What do we want to do? What is God's vision from God's heart to ours? What is God about? What does He want us to do? Now, we can pick a thousand things to do with our lives, how we want to live, where we want to live, what we want to do or not do. We can make all kinds of decisions. But when you talk about vision, that means what do you see yourself doing that God wants you to do? Not your will, God's will. As you read the Bible, what do you believe God wants you to do with your life? A root has to have fruit. And a plan rooted in biblical vision is what God wants. A plan. How are we going to accomplish this vision? And so, without a vision, you don't need a plan. Communicate the vision and the plan. No plan, there's no direction. So here at Calvary Community Church, we have ranch. It's to serve a purpose. It's to help fulfill that vision that God has. Does God want teenagers to come to know the Lord? Does He want the little kids to come to know the Lord? Does He want adults to come to know the Lord? Okay, so we, have, we know God's vision. He wants everyone to trust Christ as Savior. So therefore, we have to have a plan how we're going to reach those little kids, how we're going to reach those teenagers, how we're going to reach the adults. So there has to be a plan, and God has a plan. And it's the communication that we have to try to get these jobs done. So we're learning about discipleship. You delegate everything that can be delegated to the cause. Why? To fulfill the plan. If the plan is to fulfill the vision that God has, then we ought to give everything we can to accomplish that goal. Whatever it is, you can live for a lot of things, but this is the main thing. Major in the major, minor in the minor. This is, this is big stuff. This is the heavy stuff. This is what God wants us to do. Most people do that which is right in their own eyes. Instead of doing that, what does God want? Personify the vision. That means what is my personal responsibility In this mission, whatever God is, whatever he wants, what is my personal responsibility? So every person is going to give account of himself to God. So we have to find out, Okay, what can I do in this purpose that God has for me on planet Earth? The only thing here is going to last forever is the souls of men and the word of God. So God gave to the souls of men the word of God to do a work for him. And that's what we are to be about. Greg Steer with the Dare to Share ministry. He came out of our ministry out in Colorado years and years ago. He was about 11 years old when he first came. Then he wound up going to our Christian school and he graduated from our Christian school. He'd go to all of our camps and he would win the Bible drills and the Bible verse memorization. The guy was one sharp individual. So he wanted to start a ministry called Dare to Share, reaching teenagers across America. And he still hits between five to 10,000 in all of his meetings that he has. And he's doing a super job with the clarity of the gospel. But he also says this. He says, it's one thing to be wide, but you want to be deep. In Sunday school class this morning, we went over a little song that maybe y'all have heard. It's called Deep and Wide. Remember when you're just a little pike you used to sing that song, Deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Do you remember that? Good. Let's sing it. Here we go. Deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Now, some people, they trust Christ as Savior, and they're about an inch thick. You know, we can take a parking lot, and you can put about a one-inch layer of asphalt on it. Or you can make it deeper. Now, which one do you think is going to last the longest? The one that's deeper. Now, there's a lot of Christians that are very shallow. They're very shallow. They're saved. They're going to get their little pinkies inside the pearly gates. But they have not grown in the Lord. They don't have roots deep in the Word of God. So, avoid being Program oriented instead of people oriented. How does and whatever ministry you have build souls? What are you doing that's helping to build people in the Lord? You see, discipleship is service, and service is ministering to people to help them to grow strong in the Lord. So you have to have something that you're doing that's helping to build people strong in the Lord, or you're disobedient. There's no two ways about it. You can spend your whole life 50, 60, 70, it doesn't matter. Are you doing what God wants you to do? Not what you approve of, but what God approves of. What does God want us to do in this matter? Now, get this. Avoid the mega church success syndrome. That means that they are about a one inch thick and they laid a lot of asphalt. But that is quantity. Quality is deeper. I would say the people at Calvary Community Church, this is just my personal opinion, of course, and I am prejudiced a little bit, that our people in our church are deep. They know the gospel, but they also know about serving the Lord. I believe we have generous people in our church, and they are also involved in ministries, and they're helping to do a great job. Some places you can go and nobody wants to get involved. Nobody wants to do anything. That means they're not deep in the Lord. They haven't sunk their roots deep within the Lord. And this is what you have to do. Now, in Matthew chapter 13, verse 20, it says this. And I want you to see this. Very important. But he that receiveth the seed. Remember, the the sower went forth to sow. And he had the seed. And the good seed is the word of God. And he sowed the seed. But he that receiveth the seed in the stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and immediately with joy he received it. So it's a person who has heard the word, believed the word, they received it, joyful. Great. Next verse. Yet hath he not, what's the words? Root, no debt. Root in himself. No debt, but do it for a while, For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. And this is the people who shallow, roots are not deep. Because when anything goes wrong, they're easily offended. And I didn't write this. I'm just supposed to teach it to you. You're easily offended. And because of that, there's no depth, and there's not going to be any fruit. You're not going to do what God wants you to do. But you'll always have a reason. It's because. And you'll have somebody to blame. It'll never be yourself, but it'll be somebody. Now, next statement. In verse 22. He also that receiveth seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word he heard and get, get what got him. The care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches Choke the word, and he becometh what? Lost. Now, he's a saved man. He receives the word. He heard it. He believes it. But the cares of this world and everybody is concerned about life. You're worried about your job. You're worried about your health. You're worried about money. You're worried about this. You're worried about your kids. You're worried about everything in the sun. But are you concerned about God's cause. Did you know that if you'll put God first, God will take care of this other stuff? Have you ever gone through life trying to push a rope? You know what happens when you try to push a rope? It just gets all that's what happens to your life. When you allow the cares of this world to take control of your life, you're going through life trying to push a rope. But if you get a hold of that rope and just walk, do you know that rope will straighten itself out? Your whole life can be straightened out if you'll put God first. Find out what is it that God wants and do that, and you'll be surprised how God will bless your life. But you'll be unfruitful because there's no depth. The cares of the world will destroy you. Why? No debt. You're not deep in the Word of God. You're not faithful in reading and studying and applying it. Or the cares of this world, the riches of this world. I just want to be rich. I want to retire by the time I'm 30. Oh, that's a great reason for living. That's why God put you here. So you'd be a millionaire by the time you're 30 years old. I am not into this health and wealth philosophy. You probably know that by now. Discipleship is to establish the disciple in four areas. In Ephesians chapter 4, in the word of God, in the fellowship of believers, in the structure of the church, and in the work of the ministry. So you'll know, okay, God has set up a, a program, a system by which we're to help people learn how to serve the Lord. And if you understand why God does what he does, some people think the pastor's the one that came up with this idea about a church. He, he, didn't, he didn't start the church. You know who started the church. Christ says, I will build my church. It's his. It belongs to him. He's the one that laid it out and says, this is what I want you to do, and this is how I want you to get it done. So he's the one that did it. Now, a lot of copycats, a lot of fake news out there. We don't want to get into that again. But establish them in the Word of God. That's information. So that means you've got to come where you can get some information, where you can hear the Bible, learn it, study it, memorize it. Because see, that's the Word of God. Desire the sincere milk of the Word. The Word that you may grow thereby. God wants you to be strong. But that is information. Establish them in the fellowship believers. Remember the four talks. We always talk about the four talks. You talk to God. He talks to us through the Bible. We talk to the lost and we talk to the saved. So establish them in the fellowship of believers. That's communication, getting God's people together. The Bible says in the book of Corinthians, over and over again, talks about when you come together, when the church comes together, coming together, and some of God's people are not coming together. Well, I can serve God on the top of a mountain peak just as well as I can in the church. Well, that's great. If that's what God told you to go do, go do it. But he tells us to come together on the first day of the week. I didn't write it. I'm just trying to tell you what he said. So some people get mad at the preacher. You're not one of those. I'm so glad y'all are not like that. That I could talk and tell you the truth and you won't get offended. Now some people get offended. But not y'all. You see you've got to have communication where somebody can tell you. Thus saith the Lord. This is what he says. This is what I want you to do. Now establish him in the structure of the church. This is where you find out. Okay, well, who's the pastor? or well, anybody that wants to be. Now, let me tell you this. At Calvary Community Church, we do not have women preachers. They can preach at home to their husband, but, I mean, not in the church. We believe the scripture says that a man desires the office of a, a man. God laid it out, and when he came and he chose his apostles, they were all men. Don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you what the book says. There's a lot of women out there marching and blah, 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 blah. Maybe some of y'all are here. But I do believe that there's a responsibility. I thought they ought to be in the home taking care of the kids. But anyway. You know, I can get so sidetracked so easy right here. But I will not. I will refrain myself. But you study the Bible so you can know, okay, there's pastors, there's elders, and there's deacons, and there's people in the church, and everybody is to work together. Participation. Now, God laid it out. It's just that we don't always want to do what God says do. We have a rebellious nature. Have you noticed that? That sometimes we just don't like somebody telling us what we have to do. Don't tell me when I got to go to church. I'll go when I want to go, and blah, blah, blah. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. That's what happens. Or people become a maverick. You know, there's, they don't have to get involved because they don't want no responsibility. You can't depend on them. Wouldn't it be a shame to have a choir, but nobody shows up? What kind of a choir will we have if nobody shows up? Do you think it's important? Well, what about ranch on Thursday night? And all the leaders decide they're not going to show up that night. Well, whatever you want. What if the preacher shows up? whenever he wants. Or faithful, faithful, faithful. One thing I have tried to do is I've tried to take and be an example of what faithfulness is. I'm very seldom ever late for Sunday school. So whenever we got Sunday school, it starts at 10:15, 10:30, whatever time we start, 9:30? I think we're I don't even know because I'm already I'm already out of bed before 6 o'clock anyway. Just so that I won't be late. I just hope nobody tells me I could, you know what time it starts, because I I I just always here. I'm always here on time for church. Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, whenever I I try to be faithful. I try to be faithful in my giving, faithful in everything that I do. I want to be dependable because I'm supposed to be an example of the believer. All of us are to be examples of the believer in word and deed and faith and all these things. But anyway, that's what it is. And then establish them in ministry. That's demonstration. Your discipleship is your proof of your love and commitment to Christ. How does anybody know you love the Lord or committed to the cause of Christ if you're not found faithful doing the things that God says, if you love me, serve me. If you love me, serve me. See, we're going to heaven because he loved us. How did he show us he loved us? Well, he paid for our sins. He gave his life. Now, how do I prove that I love him? Give him my life. That's why he says in the book of Romans in chapter 12 and verse 1, he says, brethren, I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So I'm to present myself to the Lord, my body, as a sacrifice. Give my life to the Lord. I don't do that to be saved. But God says, I beseech you, in view of what I did for you, that's what he means. In view of what I did for you, will you do this for me? Then he says, I'd Be not conformed to this world. Do you live your life differently than a lost man? What is the purpose of life? Now, the lost man, well, he doesn't know the Lord, and he doesn't have any rewards in heaven. He's not going there. But some lost people live better lives than some of God's children. True? Some of them have a better testimony, and they guard what they say and where they go and things they do. Better than what some God's children do. Uh, can you still go to heaven? Yes, you have a choice. You can be an obedient child of God or a disobedient child of God, but you're still His child. But it is the will of God that we demonstrate our love for the one who loved us. Uh, that's why He says in 2 Corinthians in chapter 5, and verse 14, For the love of Christ constraineth us. That means to challenge or motivate us. That if one died for all, then all were dead. That they which live should not henceforth Live unto themselves, but unto him who died for them and rose again. So I am supposed to, you're supposed to live for the one who died for us. But who died for us? Well, Christ. Are you serving him? Are you a disciple of Christ? In other words, are you involved in a ministry in some way? You're doing something for the cause of Christ. So that what he wants done, his vision, God's vision, he's not willing that any should perish. But all should come to repentance, a change of mind. Well, they can't do that without the gospel. So this is why we do what we do. That's why I want you to support missions. That's one way of helping. I want you to help us with the ranch and with the broadcast, all these things. I just got a a salvation report just a couple days ago from David Bauer because of our YouTube and what we've been doing. And on the Internet, we've had 830 people trust Christ as Savior in the last two years, two and a half years. 800, just on the thing. And not only that, I know where they were when they trusted Christ as Savior because he got it fixed up with a computer to tell us that all automatic now. It is awesome. It really is. But see, that's because somebody's making this stuff possible. People are working. And so, so we got people up there in, in the booth right now. And we'll have somebody that's down there in that booth over there. And then we got Greg Bissell. He will take and spend all day long. All he does all day long is listen to me. (laughs) How would you like that job? (laughs) Sit there by the hour. Hours. Six, seven hours every day preparing the radio broadcast. But it's a job. It needs to be done. And then we got people that will help support these things. Now, one of these days, it's all going to be over. You see, we don't have to have a wide, one-inch asphalt, we got some people that are deep in the Word of God and love and appreciate what we're doing and are a part of what we're doing. And because of that, you see, you don't have to be a big church to do big things. We're not, and what I was talking about, the uh, mega-church syndrome, is sometimes you'll have people start a church, and they're not starting a church over... With lost people and they want them, they just, like a gigantic vacuum cleaner, sucks them out of all the little churches and pulls them in there and they put on a great big old entertaining show and people have sit there and learn nothing, but they're entertained and all they've done is just like having Walmart come in and kill all the little mom and pop stores. And then they can rise the prices any way they want to. And churches are doing the same thing. Because people are not committed. That way you can get lost in a big church. Nobody knows you. If you're not there, nobody knows. You miss here. We knew it. You say, that's what I don't like. Yeah, I know. I know who sits here and I know who sits there. I know who sits there and I know who sits here. And I know who sits back there and I know who sits there and I know who sits over there. And next Sunday when you're not here, I'm going to know that too. And when I'm not here, do you know it? Yeah, because yeah, I tell everybody I know. <laughs> Information without demonstrations is intellectualism. You know something, but it's intellectual, and knowledge puffeth up. But a knowledge of the Word of God coupled with an active ministry is true discipleship. It's what God wants you to do. Learn the Word in such a way that you can be found obedient. Now, the philosophy of discipleship is multiplication. You see, in Genesis chapter 1, it talks about bear fruit, multiply, multiply that fruit. And there was two of every kind. Why do you think you had to have two? Because God had a plan. Because God wanted those two to multiply. We had one kid who came to ranch, he trusted Christ to save. Savior, got married, and they had, they had six or seven kids right off the bat. He said, well, you know, the Lord says be fruitful and multiply. I said, yeah, but he means for you to do the whole job. (laughs) So you want to reach the whole world is what God's word is all about.